Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. I am Kelly Birmingham. This is a look back across my 25-year career, 27 now, <laughs> in working with children and adults with autism and development and disabilities. I'm here with my partner in crime, as always, Jen Lucero, mom to Dylan and Ethan. Hi, Jen. Hey, Kelly. So we're going to talk risks today. And, you know, um, it is not lost on me that we're heading into Autism Awareness Action Acceptance Month, right? Yep. And our world is even more divided on the concept of autism these days. You know, I actually get regularly attacked on my social media pages um, by verbal attacks, obviously, or texting attacks or messages about um, the, some folks that say, you know, what I'm doing as an ABA practitioner is bad and harmful. Um, and, but that largely comes from a group of people that are less impacted on the autism spectrum. Um, and then we have sort of the middle area of the spectrum, which is where my stepdaughter fits. She's right in the middle. And then we have Dylan, who's more towards the more impacted, mm -hmm. severer end on the spectrum. And so as we're coming into that month, I thought, let's start talking about this divide. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. I mean, I experienced it more professionally, mm -hmm. um, especially when I was with Autism Speaks. Um, same thing, um, especially for some of my bigger signature events. Um, there was a lot of backlash and we've actually <laughs> experienced, um, you know, protests and um, some, you know, people tried to vandalize one of our events. And like, to me, it was always like so shocking because I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, like we're, we're literally like, if anybody's going to accept people, it's people like you and I, right. um, um, but also, we're just trying to help people, but we're not trying to like change anybody, you know. So, exactly. But yeah, I've experienced it too, and I, I know it sounds weird, but probably for you too. For like, and I know it wasn't like personally at me, but it it hurt. It was like like painful, you know. Yeah. So absolutely. And I think, you know, having done this as long as I have, I have worked with those that are very, very severely impacted all the way to those that have graduated at the top of their class and gone to Stanford mm -hmm. and graduated at the top of his class in Stanford. Yep. And um, so I have my, my career and your work experience spans across all the different levels of engagement Definitely. and support. And so I thought we could start off just talking about, you know, parenting, I'm a stepmom, you're a mom, and as, a, you know, as people professionally in the business, you know, we have to take a lot of risks with our kids in order for them to grow, right? And, you know, you and I were chuckling about, you know, a risk you took recently that was a big deal <laughs> for you guys mm -hmm. that people may not understand. And we'll have you talk about that in a second. Um, you know, I have Melanie, who's 31 lives in her own apartment, but that risk to have her move was years in the making of planning, right? I mean, we went so far as to convert our garage into an apartment. 
you know, we didn't put plumbing in, um, but we had a, you know, living room in there, mm -hmm. um, bedroom in there, you know, it was a little garage, but we made that into apartment and spent a whole year pretending that was her apartment. And then we would leave. So she was alone at the house in her apartment, right? And then when we were able to secure housing in an apartment in our community, um, we'd have Melanie go, we drop her off in, at night and pick her up midnight. And, you know, we, we shaped this process of her living alone that, you know, we slept outside of her apartment building. We, you know, it was right down the street. We put in, you know, cameras. We did so much. It was like two years before we could say she'd successfully lived and spent a week alone, right? Mm -hmm. And people don't have to do that with neurotypical kids. Yeah. <laughs> that risk, like the yeah. heart, the scariness, the anxiety, the trying to figure every angle, like which, mm -hmm. what if a stranger came to the door? Yeah. What if someone tricked her and said it was a delivery, but they had to come in? What if like mm -hmm. working in every scenario we could possibly think of was, you know, the risk is insurmountable. And who knows what could have happened? You know, she's five years out at this point, but we still encounter things that were like, shit, we didn't mm -hmm. even think of that. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yes. Like the, the, all it's the, the unexpected, like maybe, or things that happen all the time that we take for granted just mm -hmm. in our normal lives that for somebody else, especially on the spectrum, like it yeah. could be such a huge deal, you know? Yeah, and the level of preparing, you know, as a BCBA, you know, the level of environmental analysis and antecedent strategies, mm -hmm. planning for consequences and what's going to happen if there's a challenge. And, you know, it is, it was so, it really struck me when your recent change you made in your house, which mm -hmm. for most people might be a no big deal, and how you went through it. So share your recent change. The risk okay. you took. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, our house takes a, you know, good beating, you know, yeah. Dylan, um, with furniture and stuff because, um, you know, he, he has acid reflux. He has issues with throwing up a lot. Um, he used to have issues of, you know, once in a while at night, um, you know, wetting the bed, you know, so obviously we're hardcore about cleaning, but you know, after a while things get a little rough, you know? So <laughs> we had um, decided to um, get a new couch and uh, replace our couch, um, our chair in the living room, which is totally Dylan's like, that's his space, you know, that's what where he likes to hang out. And then we also got him a new mattress. And so there was huge preparations for that. Um, so you were getting new couch, new chair, new mattress. Yes. All completely new things to Dylan. Yeah. And, you know, we've had the same, I mean, it was really nice at the time and, you know, sturdy, but, you know, we've had the same, I would say the, you know, same ch chair and couch for probably since we moved here. So yep. like back here, so going on 17 years, you know, so it, it definitely had its run, you know, but it started really after multiple, you know, acid reflux pukes, even though I cleaned it, um, <laughs> you know, the cushions are starting to rip up and stuff. So, 
you know, it was looking pretty rough, you know, but it was such a, and the whole process of it was like, you know, it was a lot and it was like, okay, and how are you going to pull us off, especially during COVID and with Dylan always home right now and like, you know, how are we going to navigate this? What are we going to get? What's appropriate? What is he you know, it's obviously it's not, it's not his couch and chair. It's not all about him, but it's, this is his house. This is his safe place. So it was a huge consideration, not only of like what to get, how to get it, but also how to pull off getting it in here without freaking him out. Cause he tends to, if someone comes in the house to like fix anything or change anything he really really gets like tweaked out and anxiety so it's a big deal wow yeah so even when I told him I told I didn't tell him about the couch and the chair I told him you're getting a new bed and he didn't like that (laughs) and I think like I had to then show him pictures that I showed him it was just the mattress and the springboard mm-hmm. because his main concern because he has um, these Winnie the Pooh sheets that bedding that I designed like a million years ago at Disney. Um, I think he, in his mind, he immediately went to like, I'm not going to have that bedding anymore. Like, like I was trying to pull, like, I'm trying to get you a, like a whole new look. And it was like, no, it's actually just the part that you're going to sleep on and like this mattress is older and like, you know, it's starting to sink, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I was trying to tell him like, this is going to be much more comfortable. You're going to be able to sleep better. It's going to be so nice. So once I showed him photos that it was the mattress and showed him like physically, you're still going to have like Winnie the Pooh bedding. And he's like, that part was fine then. That's so funny. That's funny. That's meddling with their Pokemon bedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, like these kinds of little changes can have big impact mm-hmm. in our kids' lives. Right. Um, and, you know, as a behavior analyst, I'm always, as you know, people have heard me on the soapbox forever. Quality of life is what I'm always talking about. And that's quality yeah. of life for the kids, quality of life for the families. And like, so having new furniture, that's a big deal for you guys, mm-hmm. right? It is a really yeah. big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it looks beautiful, sure. by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was a thing of like, what's he going to like? What's going to be sturdy? Yep. Like I have, <laughs> there was certain criteria. Okay. I wanted something, hey, this is Dylan stuff because Dylan's like, like, I know a lot of our kids do weird stuff like this, but he likes to hide things. So the funny part was when they were coming, I had to find a place that would take the old furniture too, which is hard right now with COVID. Mm -hmm. So I pulled the couch and I, first of all, underneath the couch, because it was like kind of a wide bottom, he shoves things under the couch. (laughs) All right. Then also the cushions, we used to have three cushions, but they were easy to pull out. He, there was a bunch of stuff in there. Even though I clean it all the time, I'm like, how is this possible? 
So that was part of the criteria too. First of all, if he pukes, because it's going to happen, <laughs> like, yep. that's going to be sturdy, easy to clean. And then I got two cushions that are really tight. So it's going to be harder <laughs> for him to like shove stuff in there. And then I got it. The couch is very low. So it's going to be harder for him to like shove stuff in because like I found, you know, he likes to, which was a problem in the past. He likes to rip out pages out of books or yeah. like magazines. So he tries to hide stuff or he used to have daily calendars, but he tries to shove them because <laughs> he might want them later, you know, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's always like stuff or wrappers, you know, like I can't even tell you like how many Starbucks like wrappers I found like under the cushion and I'm like man this looks like awful <laughs> like that was like a consideration you know um, yeah. and then one of the big things too for him like like I said the stress of if someone if he I only told him about the bed but I purposely didn't tell him about the couch or that I ended up getting a love seat because I matched but um because I I thought his reaction to the mattress like stopped me from telling them anything mm -hmm. and then I'm like okay I gotta organize this which is hard these days where he's not gonna be here right so I organized my dad coming to take him out yep um during the window and then you know having everything done you know getting everything out getting everything in to everything organized making sure his bedding was all on there so when he walked in that door and he saw everything, I was like, whoa, check it out. Look at this. We got a new couch and they look at this is going to be so nice for you. And then let's go check out your bed. And then he was totally good because like it was new, but it didn't like it, it didn't stress him out seeing like the old stuff going away and the new stuff coming in and that he had that comfort that when he saw the new bed, it was still familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So, I know it probably sounds crazy, but it was like, like you said, with Melanie, with the, it was a big process. You know? Yeah. I mean, a risk to have your child have something new and different and improve their quality of life. Something like, even like that is yeah. so much planning. You know, I know when I think back about those years transitioning Melanie into her apartment, it was I mean, it was night after night of sleepless nights and stress mm -hmm. and checking. And mm -hmm. I can't tell you, um, it, you know, like in years to get into that. And the reason I'm reflecting on it is because, you know, I reflect now and Melanie has, she lived in her apartment and been on her own for five years. She Amazing. has a job that she actually likes and the people like her, which is unheard of, yeah. but, <laughs> frankly, for her. But, you know, at 31, she is works at Rubio's um, about 25 hours a week and manages her own schedule. That's great. And they like her and she likes them and they're kind to her. That's awesome. So, like we finally feel like we got there. We're like, oh my God, we got there. But yet she recently became really sick. Mm -hmm. And that's where it all hit you in the face again, because she could not tell us what was wrong. Mm -hmm. we had to try to guess, right? We were trying to like, okay, she seems congested, but she maybe looks like she's dizzy. Um, and she just kept saying, I feel stuffy. Well, it turns out she had a very severe sinus infection, ear infection that was dropping into her lungs, like upper respiratory, but she could not tell us that. And yes. it just hit us in the face with like, 
we had we had her fly by herself out to Montana to see her sister. And like that effort was 10 years in the making of her yeah. flying with us. And every time we flew, mm-hmm. we'd show her like, here's where you go. So like the routine was sort of embedded in. Um, we booked a flight that was a direct flight. And, um, you know, like to work up her up to taking a flight by herself was years yeah. of making and having a handoff. Like, okay, we're gonna hand off here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did it and she's so proud of herself that she did it but while she was there was when we had to we had figured out how sick she was and mm-hmm. had we known how sick she was we would have taken her to the doctor beforehand yeah. but as she got sicker and sicker her sister noticed that something was off and took her to the doctor and she could have been really really sick and it was just it was just struck us like here we are really taking another risk her going on a plane by herself yet she couldn't tell us how sick she was like, damn, <laughs> right? she probably wouldn't want to. I know with Dylan, like, you know, because obviously that was probably something she really wanted to do. Yep. Like, there's times when there's like Dylan was like, sick a couple weeks ago, but yep. he kept asking me to go places. But I could tell this even when we were going somewhere that he something's off, he's sick. And then we get there and he's like, you know, it was just a restaurant, but he's like, to go please and he looked like he was gonna kill over the yep. car and I'm like why did I do this you know but same thing he will just like when he doesn't Push feel through. good he wants me to ask him are you okay mm-hmm. and I'll repeat to me are you okay but like and you know because you've known Dylan forever too and I'm sure Melanie's the same way like you just said like even when they're sick and they know they're sick like they had like with their symptoms and stuff sometimes they can't tell you like what's happening right and, like yep. you know or they have something that is something but we've learned through the years right that it can affect different areas in your body so even if it is whatever acid reflux or ear infection or something you might have other symptoms going on in the rest of your body, but you, right. or you're not able to communicate that like out. For sure. And, and, and Melanie's, you know, like a lot of our kids, you know, she has constant, she has reflux, she has mm-hmm. gastrointestinal issues Yeah, and she can't tell us any of it. Yeah. <laughs> she can't explain it. We get it tested. They can't find it, but it's yeah. there. But, yeah I always love that too I'm sure it probably sounds the same where I mean I go through this with Dylan all the time like we actually just had the blood panel you know but um it's like (laughs) it's almost I'm not saying I want something to be wrong but obviously something is up right (laughs) and it's like when I do do you know all these like genetic testing or blood tests or you know EEGs or you name it like it's always like oh we didn't find anything are you like really you know (laughs) like it's all normal is it okay Yeah, I mean, it really, you know, for the practitioners or even the families listening, mm-hmm. you know, when you're working with your, t- your team and your therapist, it comes down to these kinds of quality of life risks that, you know, people yeah. want to take. Like new furniture is nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big deal, right? Um, yeah, I was excited. I mean, I was like, wow, it, it's so weird. It like, it makes it 
sometimes stuff like that and it's like we didn't even I mean we got it super cheap you know we got a deal it wasn't like it's definitely also probably not the level of something I would have purchased like you know 20 <laughs> years ago in the stage of my life um but um you know it it was exciting and he's super into it he seems really happy with it and I keep telling him now to like we got to be very careful and make sure we keep everything clean, but he's been trying, you know, um, I gotta say, he seems like it. We also had, um, when you said like things that can go happen and cause full on chaos, um, you probably saw me post it. We had, um, I was working the other day and I had the news on listening to the craziness in Ukraine and all of a sudden, both like um, my internet and the cable went out, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like, Dylan is gonna lose his, you know what? You know, um, he happened to be taking a nap, which was my saving grace because if the cable goes out in the middle of the night, if he's up or just anytime, he freaks. Yep, you know, it's broken." fix the wi-fi fix the cable oh like you know mm -hmm. like the world's coming to an end he happened to be asleep so i was like calling cox i got <laughs> on speed dial but they're like immediately this automated thing it's all this is it's on our end it's down in your neighborhood and at the time it said it's going to be down till like four o'clock or five o'clock and I'm like oh my god because it was like one <laughs> so I was like oh shit what am I gonna do so I called my dad and I said I'm coming to your house I woke him up I had I was devil fisted I had starbursts in one hand and a bag of M&Ms in the other hand but I wanted to get him to the car so he didn't try to turn the tv on mm-hmm so I was like, we're going to go to Grandma Jan's house and I, you know, we're going to go hang out there for a while. So I, you know, diverted him, got him there and all that. And then when I'm there, <laughs> it pops up and it's like, now it's not going to be fixed till 9 p.m. I'm oh. Like, oh my God, it's so shoot me now. But anyways, um, it worked out. He did well, but I'm telling you, as you would know, if that would have happened even a couple of years ago, yeah. like I would have been black and blue, like yeah. he would lose his mind. Yeah. Um, but it also, he didn't really know there is an issue because I came up with a plan. Yeah. But these are the things like, as you know, and anybody that, especially all our families know, um, you know, I would say it was harder when there, he was younger, but it's still like, you know, it's still hard, you know? Yeah. Like, no matter what age, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Change is hard. Risks are hard. <laughs> yeah. But we got to do them both, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, but once you get through it, right, yep. um, it's so, it's such a breath of fresh air and like, Sometimes, you know, sometimes the risks are totally worth it. And, you know, it makes you realize that, hey, you know, I can do this and we can get through it. And it kind of pumps you up for like, maybe you can try something else, right? I, maybe not today, but, you know. 
I'm so glad you said that because that's what I was thinking. Like just hearing how you and Dylan handled that situation, you are right. You would have been you would have been beaten up a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. And it just shows how you have continued with Dylan and mm-hmm. as we have with Melanie to not just accept the status quo, but like in like take some risks, work yes. through the change mm-hmm. because we come out of it. It might be painful during the process, but you come out of it the other side in a better place. For sure. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to talk about in April because this concept is divided among among the community. And also the DSM-5 TR just came out. I just got copies of it yesterday. I haven't had a chance to digest it because they are working towards really defining more the differences in the the, um, levels of um, impact for autism. So we'll be talking about that a lot too. Awesome. All right, Jen, congratulations on your new furniture. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.